right, well, dear listener, it is a Monday, which means you hear my voice first. This is Mates Talking About Stuff with Harley Breen and Nikki Britton. However, at that moment, you would normally hear Nikki Britton come in, but um, she's she's not here because her technical difficulties from Friday have flowed through to Monday. Some may say we're recording on the same day, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there. We do happen to have a pre-organised guest, and it's the second appearance on Mates Talking About Stuff for this guest, and he is still yet to talk to both of us at the same time. Welcome back, Sam Taunton. Hello, mate. How are you, Harley? I can't I can't even comprehend what it would be like to talk to both of you at once. <laughs> My little brain would not even be prepared for that. I don't know if you've heard the rumours, but... Um, there isn't two people. We, we are know. the same person. I have heard this. People are talking about it. <laughs> Apparently, Nikki, what she'll do, especially when you record clips, she'll do her bit, run around to the other camera, put like a mm. fake mustache and like That's a correct. three-day growth on, bang, yeah. do the next bit. She's yeah. great at throwing her voice and stuff as well. Thank you. I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, how are you, mate? I did miss you that time. I think I think I uh, I was sick and couldn't you, come in, but you not COVID, COVID sick. No, I oh, haven't. Oh, maybe it. not. But I think from memory, it was early days when you know when it was in. It was embarrassing to have COVID. Now yes. it's you know, well, it's embarrassing now because it's so late. But that was before anyone that had it, so you were kind of a freak if you'd had it. Well, um, now so it's we embarrassing if you haven't had it. I know. I had a friend the other day who this week actually he still got it, and he was like, "I've got COVID." You know, it's so hard. I'm like, "Dude, it's so it's over. It's actually over. <laughs> We're done. The flu done. is literally wiping people out now, dude. The flu is such a big player. Imagine if you had money on the flu to make a comeback. It's huge right now. <laughs> Free vaccines. It's huge. It's going to be as big as COVID. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I'm all about it. I'm going to go out and get my free vaccine for the first. I'm time. going to do it. I was going to do it the, um, this afternoon. That's my plan to do it because um, I'm going to do it with you. Oh, we, I would love to do it together, and and Nikki um, as well. Or yeah, yeah and we'll get Nikki as well. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> she's having microphone issues. She's, she's not having get to the doctor issues. We can all do it. No, together. she can get it. She loves a vaccination as well. Um, but no, I'm doing. I'm doing well, mate. How are you? I haven't seen you for a while. No, well, I mean, I didn't really even see you during the festival run. How how, no. how was your festival run? Because well, I'll say this first. Sorry, taunts that our muck lord. I don't know if you know that we refer to Rachel as the muck lord now. The um, muck lord. <laughs> She's the reason that we uh, that our podcast sometimes, very occasionally, descends into filth. It's not Nikki and I. No, you guys are clean cut, mate. Absolutely, straighty one eighties. Absolutely, but the Mucklord tried tried to get some dirt on you, and so oh. for the for I think the first time I've opened up the uh, the the run sheet that she puts together. The first the run sheet ever. I've, it's a hit I've list of me. Yeah, I've opened it up, and the hit list is um, that apparently you're taking your show to Edinburgh. So I've put that's true. That up. I just that is at true. Social media, yeah. Um, and also, um, did you know if he wasn't a comedian, he would probably be a pro golfer? So did you? I don't did know you that know that? Didn't know it. Why would I know that? Yeah, that is true. It's also not that's not dirt in any way. No, that's just a fun fact. And, and here's a fun fact to add to that for you. Then um, mm. that's what you you and Hannah Gadsby have in common. I've heard this, said Hannah Gadsby. She would have been a pro golfer. Hmm. See, she doesn't return my calls ever since, you know, now she's the most famous person <laughs> alive. But I've begged her to go and play before and she doesn't – I think she's turned her back on the game. But she used oh. to be very good. She was a state golfer in Tasmania. We've spoken about it, but she 
doesn't want to play anymore because I think it, it, it it's not her vibe. Well, I find golf quite controversial in terms of comedy only because of someone who ha- has been quite the hero of mine in terms of mm. not only comedy but storytelling and just a downright top bloke mm. is is Billy Connolly. And, oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, one of the greats, um, still alive with us today, quite ill, but he, he's doing fine. And, and he will go down in history as one of the greats of all time of, of the the storytelling side of stand-up comedy. And he despises the game of golf, which, of course, was invented in his homeland. He has that famous bit where he just he rags on it for like 10 minutes. He rinses it hard, yeah. Look, yeah. I don't think it's a game that lends itself well to comedians, even though the game is very funny. There are a few comedians that play. I'm starting to play, get a little group going. During Melbourne Comedy Festival, yes. a few of us went out and played. Ursula ben Lomas, did he go with you? Bet- no, he couldn't get. He was busy one of the weeks, but he's into it. Thorno plays a bit. Yes, um, Guy Montgomery played. There are a few that that are doing it. So I'm trying to bring this big kind of because in Edinburgh there is like a golf day, a comedians' golf day, where everyone goes of out and there plays. Is. Well, in Edinburgh, one, you'd be mad not to. Exactly. That's where that's where golf came from. But I mean, it's all a bit boring. I don't advertise it too much because it's kind of a, you know, it's not cool. I'm I'm only holding on to my golf skills for when I'm like seventy. That's when I'm going to need them. Yes. Right now, it's um. And I, rec- I encourage people that, you know, should I play golf now? They're in- wondering if they should get into it. Get into it now because you're going to want to have a bit of skill when you're 60 because there's not many things left you can do at that age. Yeah, or you could take up heroin. You know, whatever. Like whatever yeah. just gets you off. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not going to tell you what to do with your time. But- well, why don't you take heroin and play a cheeky nine holes, double up? <laughs> Really well, have a bit of fun. Make you go to sleep, you know. Yeah, so. exactly. You can have a sleep in a bunker. It'll be great. A lot of places have, to nap out there. I've played a bit of golf, um, uh, probably three times. I reckon I've played golf in my entire life, really? and I've I've lost three golf clubs. You throw them. You don't strike me as a golfer, Harley. Not, that's, and that's, that's not meant to be an insult in any way. It's just you don't have golfing. <laughs> okay, great. Took it as a compliment. Actually, <laughs> I don't have the patience for it. No, just so you throw you threw them, broke them. Yeah, I, yeah, I threw, I threw it, just threw it, and then yeah, I've thrown it. a lot of clubs. I, they yeah. say you're not you're not serious about it till you've snapped one or or oh. you know pegged one into a tree. I've got one caught in a tree before, and then it's you got to climb the tree to get it back. It's pathetic chasing that. after a golf club you've thrown. <laughs> pathetic. I, I I actually think there's probably nothing more pathetic in the world than a man in tartan pants. Chasing yeah. after a golf club that he threw out of frustration for yes, his inability to hit a ball. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty great. You've talked me into it. Let's go golfing. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'll buy the heroin. You you get the golf, and we'll um we'll make a double of it. Well, I used to um I used to perform at a uh, a charity golf day in no. uh, Brisbane for many years. Um, w- well after I'd left Brisbane, it was friends of mine from my past who put on this. Um, the what do they call it? The Duck International, I think it was called. The Duck um, International. Yeah, and that was all just tongue in cheek, taking the piss, raising money for the children's hospital, and um, just a whole lot of good old boys that come together and um, <laughs> get on the lash and whack the golf ball around. But that was my only real connection with it. I'd turn up late, and then every year um, I would tell them, "Why have you brought your children?" Because all, all the wives and children would descend on the on the clubhouse after the the day oh. for this entertainment, and I'd get up there, and each year we'd get filthier and filthier and filthier. No, <laughs> and they would continue to bring their children. 
No, no, no. <laughs> were they were they good shows or were they were like they were those were the, horror corporate no, shows? I wouldn't have kept going back if they were bad. Yeah, I got asked to do like a, a golf club gig once, just for like a golf company, the people I knew from when I used to play in like the amateur world, and um, I couldn't do it, so I sent my friend comedian Peter Jones to go and do it. I'm sure you know Peter oh, Jones. Yes. And um, no, I know Peter. He he said he had one of the biggest deaths of all time. But they and they just didn't get it. No one laughed. It was just kind of a huge bomb. I hope I'm not telling a story he doesn't want to hear. And then afterwards, they wouldn't let him leave. They kind of forced him to sit down and eat lunch or dinner with them. Oh. So he's sitting at a table after they've bombed, and they're being like, "Have you been doing comedy long?" And then like, no one's acknowledging the fact that he just performed to silence. He said people ignored him. People got up and were walking away, and then he had to sit down and eat with them. Horrific. <laughs> That is fucked. The closest I've got to that is I was doing a uh, a corporate event for um, Two Wheels Bike of the Year. So, you know, Four oh, Wheels yeah. Magazine and then there's Two yeah, Wheels yeah, yeah. Magazine. Two Wheels. Bike of the Year. Two Wheels, mate. And um, so Love I'm there and all, and all of the magazines within that family um, that are that are related in that way. So, you know, Four Wheels was there and Live to Ride, you know, the that's like the – Kind of outlaw bikey magazine. Obviously, well, I, not do, outlaw I don't know it, but it sounds like a lifestyle. It's called Live to Right, right. So there's a, there's a whole room down in the Docklands, sitting right down on the water, of these people all dressed up to the nines at this corporate cocktail event, and uh, I've been booked to do twenty minutes. Just a oh. horrendous setting. No chairs in sight, so everyone's standing up and mingling. And Terrible. then at one point, it's just my time, not even announced. It's just my time to walk on stage. And I was about <laughs> five to ten minutes deep into a 20-minute set and just thinking, when can I bail and it look like I've done my allotted time so I can get my money? That's such a, f- a fair – because I've thought about that. And the answer is about 13 minutes in a 20-minute yeah. set. If you, <laughs> if you get to about 13, it's, it's, it'll feel longer for everyone there as well. That's you can right. get out at 13 minutes. Yeah. So I'm like at about that 10-minute mark and, and, you know, doing the calculations in my head and trying to figure it out and just people are talking. And it's actually getting louder because my voice is amplified so I'm making them talk louder rather oh. than the noise of me making them shut up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then- They're trying to talk over whatever this white noise is. <laughs> well, there was just a – so there was a group of the Live to Ride guys and they literally looked like – Outlaw bikies, because I assume they were. So you know, the editor of Live to Ride had face tattoos and and a mullet oh. and and like big guys in in black leathers and all of that sort of shit. And at one point, this massive dude with face tattoos took a breath in. I, ju- I watched him do it, and he bellowed at the room. <laughs> Oi, you rude fucks. Shut the fuck up. The man's trying to entertain us. <laughs> the whole place, like, shuts up immediately. And, like, we're all, like, clutching their purses and waiting to be stabbed. That's then unreal. He, then he looks at me and he goes, Go on, mate. On you go. <laughs> I remember once I I was just doing one of those horrific gigs kind of in Queensland, anywhere in Queensland. So many of them seem to be bad. This one might have been on the Gold Coast. And I was just up there. I was like hosting this show and it's kind of in like there's screens, betting screens everywhere. And there was this girl with her back to me. And I said, oh, do you want to turn around? Like there's there's a comedy show on right now. And she turned around and she picked up a can of Southern Comfort and Coke threw it at me and just goes, shut up. 
Not even like a fight. She just goes, shut, like I was annoying her. Just shut up. That is so Queensland. Totally, now, uh, speaking of audiences that can get a bit rough, have have mm. you done the Edinburgh Fringe before? I have. I did it in 2019. Oh, you have done it. And um, I had been there before as well, just kind of doing spots and seeing shows and whatnot. But I did the full run in 2019, had a great time, and then something happened in the world um, and I what? haven't been back since. I think, <laughs> I don't know, like a bad what? flu season maybe? <laughs> Not if you ask Ronnie Chang. That guy did not stop travelling the entire time during the pandemic. Isn't that weird? Because I was thinking about this today. So I've just, like, I am going in like a, few, oh, a month or whatever and I'm yeah. going to a few places. You know, I'm going to the other side of the world. The idea of going anywhere overseas right now feels like terrifying to me and it's so scary because mm. I haven't been overseas in two and a half years. And then there were people that were still travelling the entire time. The entire they managed time. to. They would do whatever country they were in, it was allowed yeah. to happen and they're zipping around the place. Whereas I, we couldn't leave our five kilometre. I'm going to freak out. I'm going to land in Europe and start crying, I think. Mate, I travelled once in the middle of the pandemic, right, in January. Uh, yeah, it must have been January um, 2021 um, and flew into New Zealand. Um, yes. So not even really flying internationally. You're just going to yeah. the eastern state. <laughs> and uh, flew in, did my quarantine, but I didn't want to go. Like I was, I was quite worried about being stuck there, and sure. and and I didn't want to go. And I tried to get out of it multiple times. Um, told my management, please don't let me go. I had a Channel Ten show uh, that I was about to start filming in March called Making It. Rest in peace. And um, I, I needed to be back from that. <laughs> and I was just like, I just don't want to go. And so I get there and I do my two weeks of quarantine, and then two days later. I was stuck in New Zealand. No. They locked the country down. Fuck. And I said before I left, if I go, I'm going to have to be repatriated. And they went, don't be ridiculous, Harley. That's not going to happen. It's exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. No. <laughs> I had to be repatriated. Oh, my God. Yeah. How long were you there for? I was So I was in quarantine for two weeks, out free for two days, snap lockdown, exemption from the TV show I was making over there to go from the hotel to the studio back to the hotel that and yeah. only that um, and then put on a uh, private plane situation <laughs> flown, flown <laughs> what were some other country. nervous Australians were there? <laughs> no just myself no um, in the darkness of night <laughs> how did this not make the, the papers they put a like a, a just a black bag over your head as well <laughs> Just come just and sneak you in. out of the hotel. Yeah, it was it was on Escobar's uh, old sure. plane. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. They brought me in the back door of the Sydney airport. No, I came through legitimate means and had to go straight into quarantine again. So I basically went back to back quarantine. And oh God. five days after I flew home, the borders were lifted. Everyone flew home on a normal flight. Oh, free, and that's... I was still another week of quarantine to go. That is truly one of the most unfair situations. I mean, you think about those situations. It's just like you just basically walked into just spending, what, three weeks in a hotel? No, how many? Four. A month four in a weeks, hotel. A month in a hotel room on my own. Oh, yeah. Yeah. man. Well, yeah. look, there's that's only all so much us. wanking, you know? There's only so I mean, much. there's only so much wanking. Day three, it's like, what else are you going to do? Maybe not even day three, day down. two. Yeah, and like, I wasn't drinking either. No, you had to do – because I, I had friends that did the quarantine lockdowns and I was like, what was the deal? How much booze did you get? Because I would get I – would, I would write myself off every night if I did it, I imagine. Well, so 
the I, w- I had already decided to not drink because I was really gearing myself up for it to go to quarantine because I was like, I don't think I'm going to cope very well. So I spoke to my old man about it and we sort of came up with a with a plan, basically, a like mental health plan on, on how to deal with it. Wow, this and, is good. This is very and, adult. Yeah, it was very adult. And I've been going in with on, a flask of whiskey being like, this, it's, it's you and me, man. <laughs> well, early on it was like, you know, the, probably the best thing for your mental health in that kind of environment is to not be drinking. And yes. then I found out that they limit it to six beers a day or one bottle of wine. And I went, well, what the fuck is the point anyway? Like, Jeez. honestly. So they beers. know. I mean, six beers is a few. Like, I mean, you are a, you know, you're a big drinker, Harley. The I'm time I spent drinker. with you, it's like yes. I, I thought I can drink and then I've been drinking with you before. And I'm like, I can't. I've ne- I, I might be have never had a drink in my life compared to you. <laughs> it's like you can really put it away. Um, yeah. So six beers is enough for an. I mean, six drinks or a it's bottle of wine. For me. Imagine if you're yeah. a small little person, you had a yeah. bottle of wine. That's enough to. You'd be trolling. Yeah. Well, yeah. I did think about stockpiling it. So you know, you just don't drink for three days, and then on the oh. fourth day, you've got a carton of beer. And then you can really fucking lean into it. You can Jeez, really just, give yourself. You're just staring out the window, drinking a carton of beer. <laughs> well, how's this? Um, didn't plan to talk about this subject, but it was funny for me at the time. I, um, uh, I've always been very candid with uh, mental health discussions because, sure, because I think the messaging that we really hear around mental health is the the best thing to do is to talk about it, to normalise it to bring it out in the open, to take away stigma. And so Absolutely. I'm always happy for anyone to talk to me about their mental health and I'll always, quite in quite a cavalier way, just drop things about my own mental health right. and don't yes. really realise that sometimes people will receive that differently to the way that I'm intending it. Right, yes. Which is just with transparency. I'm just trying to be honest. Um, and so at, at check-in in... Um, in uh, New Zealand, it was such a great situation. For starters, we were in a motor inn. I fucking love a motor inn. <laughs> well, you had to do it and in I a motor, motor inn. inn. Yeah. Your car's well, parked the out best. the front. You can see the car in front <laughs> of you, right. but you can't get in. <laughs> well, we were allowed out every odd hour for the whole two weeks. In a group or just solo? Yeah. Oh, really? That's fine. No, so there was there was two flights that came in from two low-risk countries, um, one of them being Samoa and the other one being Australia. So we were classed as low-risk which meant we couldn't intermingle with the other flight, but yeah. they could come out on the even hours, we could come out on the odd hours for the whole hour. I could take, yeah, so it was take great. those beers out there, crack, walk around. Yeah, it's not totally. bad. So I've gone at the check-in, when they check you in, you get this beautiful um, mouldy welcome from the um, hotel manager and they were just lovely as Kiwis are. And then you sit down and you do your health check with a nurse one-on-one um, and she goes through your physical health and then she goes through your mental health. And it's like, how's your mental health? And I said, oh, I'm cooked. <laughs> right? Because, you know, my, my, head's a, my head's a messy head. It's a messy head. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay. Like I wasn't angling for a laugh, but I also didn't think I was going to get the serious response. Oh, she got, it got a bit of like, oh, no, we need to sort this out straight away. <laughs> yeah. And then now then you're trying to backtrack, being like, no, it's fine. Well, right? no, because I didn't backtrack. She goes, have you ever thought about ending it? And I oh, went, no. yeah, daily. What, are you serious? <laughs> what, a comedian you and you can't stop. <laughs> anyway, Think about it right I'll, now. <laughs> 
I go on my merry way and I had already, um, and this didn't go in my favour, I cancelled all the meals. So you have three meals a day that are provided by them. Mm. But um, I have, uh, I, I just have, a, I was going to say a specific diet. It's not that specific. I just like eating good whole foods. I don't I don't like, you know, hotel slop and sure. it was just a okay. lot of. You know, beef stroganoff and fucking stews and shit. And Apologies like, to the oh. hotel manager who's no doubt listening after. <sighs> Lovely man, but his food was cooked and I was, okay. my bowels, you know. I'm, okay, I get it. With it. So, so you're ordering I, in food. I was ordering groceries and uh, there was no even real kitchenette. So I was cooking broccoli in the kettle and um, <laughs> <laughs> doing things like ordering steamed chickens and shit like that. Fucking Whatever, hell, I was having a good time. Yeah, sure. <laughs> But it meant Sounds that great. they. <laughs> well, it meant that it was fuck, mate. The room just smelt like farts. It was just broccoli and, <laughs> and farts. Um, but it meant that there was no knocks on the door, right? It was just for the delivering of food. Oh yeah. Um, but then I was getting all these knocks on the door, qu- quite a lot, um, regularly. But you know, multiple times a day, just um, military men uh, from the New Zealand military. Uh, now, what are New Zealand military men like? I've never. I, I can't even nicest. picture. Just yeah, they'd be nicest, so nice. So nice. I mean, they barely have a military. They don't even have a navy. They're an island. They've got like yeah. two boats. Yeah, you yeah, know. right. And it's what's just they're, people that own boats, dinghies, just yeah, being like, yeah, hey, don't bother coming in. Leave us yeah. alone. Yeah, they're just like, <laughs> Nothing here what's going you? on? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, and I, when I'm on my hourly walk around, I'm starting to get to know a few people in the smoking tent and sure. uh, just, you know, just having yarns, keeping You're a meter a and a half. Town. I get I it. I love it. I love talking to people, meeting people. Of course. And so I say to them at one point, I'm like, how are you dealing with all the knocks on the door? And they went, what? I went, you know, they're knocking on the door all the time. And they and everyone was like, nah, I haven't had one other than, you know, the food delivery. I'm like, what? So then the next time I get the knock on the door, I'm like, I'm sus on this shit. And the guy, it's this, it's this beautiful Māori um, uh, military guy dressed in, you know, camos and stuff. And he, he, he answered the door. He goes, oh, hey, bro. Um, do, do you want to play some Sudoku? <laughs> and he had, in a plastic sleeve, some crosswords and Sudoku. And I was like, I don't, but why are you knocking on the door? He goes, oh, we just worried about you, eh, bro? <laughs> <laughs> Why? And I said, am, and I just, I called her. I said, am I on suicide watch? And he went, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're like, out in the car hell. park walking around with everyone. You're like, it's weird all the mattresses for walls we have in our rooms, right? <laughs> like, what do you think I'm going to do? I'm on the ground floor of a motor in. I'm going to throw myself out the window <laughs> into the hedge. <laughs> yeah. That oh, was my good. God. Dude, well, mental health is such a strange issue. I, I've, I've started seeing a new therapist, right? Great. Right. Um, and I, not that I, you know, I'm a big therapy guy, but I've started seeing, and because I was seeing this old therapist, and I used to do stand up about it. He was, he was too young, right? He was like 24, 25. Oh, that's too young. So fucked. Like, how old are you? 31. So it's no, like, no, you can't have someone younger than you. It was crazy. He would always Maybe be asking. you're old. Yeah, but he was like keen to get into the world of like what young, he was always like, what pubs do you go to? And stuff. Like he wanted to be cool and go drinking with me and stuff, which is not ideal for no. um, a therapist. Anyway, so I fired I fired my therapist, right? So I wow. rang the, the place and I'm like, I don't want to see this guy. And then I, I said I wanted to see a lady, which I felt uncomfortable okay. about saying because I was like, whatever, gender's a spectrum. But I was like, I think I will be better seeing a lady and not a man. Um, and they were like, that's fine. So then I book in to see this lady. So I go to yesterday to go and see her. Oh, yeah. And as I go in, I'm just like, holy shit, what if I see the guy, the old therapist that I've just 
Oh, you're going to the same place. I'm just going to the same place. So I've just fired the guy. <laughs> <laughs> and just booked the other person that works there. So well, he I'm, walks out from his room and looks at you and goes, well, I guess now we can go to the pub. <laughs> He's not going to want to go to the pub with me now. I've very adamantly been like, I don't enjoy your company. <laughs> if I didn't like you one-on-one for, you know, therapy, I'm not going to want to go to the pub with you. Anyway, so I walk in and I just see him straight away in the, like, waiting room. Just like we make eye contact, neither one of us say anything. <laughs> And then he just kind of shuffles past me. Now, that's got to be the most unhealthiest way to deal with a situation like that of all time. I really love that in the in the pursuit of you dealing with your mental health, which I can do nothing but endorse. I, yes. I think it's great and good on you and for being public about it. Thank but in you. the meantime, you've fucked up somebody else's mental health. <laughs> <laughs> Well, also mine. It hasn't helped mine. Like I went in to start the session with a new therapist. She's like, so what's on your mind? Like there's a lot, a lot actually. (laughs) One of your colleagues to be honest with you. (laughs) What's that guy been saying about me? Has he been fucking talking shit? Um, listen, Sam Taunton, um, I'm glad that we got to have a chat just one-on-one oh, to make up for the lovely. time I wasn't here. And um, I want to I bid you all of, all of the, the, luck, the luck of the Irish as you go to Scotland. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And, and, <laughs> Thank and have you. the greatest time over at that wonderful festival that in a lot of ways is really a drinking festival. Uh, oh, it's very My experience hard. was anything to go by. Yeah. When did you go, Harley? Way back in the the olden days of two thousand and seven, um, and holy I, hell, I drunk my way through that festival and had one of the greatest experience of my touring festival life. I loved it, but I will not be back. I now have too many it's, children to justify. Yes, I mean, there. it is such a commitment, and financially, it's you know, it's more about it's a journey of self discovery. Is how I've explained it to my girlfriend <laughs> of comedic self discovery. That's great, and by that I mean is. I'll be drinking to three a.m. every night. <laughs> And good on you, and I salute it. I hope you have the best time. For thank all of you, our mate. listeners, thank you for tuning in. Nikki Britton will be back on Friday. In the meantime, go into your day and have a wonderful time. Bye. Bye.